Hey, thank you for joining us on the Out of Bounds Basketball Podcast. Once again, I'm Brandon Moore, joined here by Terry Rouse and B. John Brighton. Stay tuned. The episode's up next. What you, what's the topic today, B? Man, today uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, new headline of the HBCU um, uh, high school top prospects considering enrolling in historically black colleges and universities. Uh, man, I mean, amazing I mean, subject. About, yeah, like, yeah, it's just crazy because we've been coming. I mean, people have been talking about this for the last, what, 10, 15 years, especially since. Man, longer than that. Probably longer than that. Because, I mean, really, but what really kind of brought it back out was when that uh, Fab Five documentary came out, right? Right. And um, everyone was like, yo, they should have just, I mean, basically just took this to HBCU and just rocked out and and just just kept that money inside the neighborhood somewhere. So um, I guess that's the biggest mindset and the biggest uh, idea right now is that, like, should uh, high school prospects consider historically black universities? What's the benefits? What's the disadvantages? So, man. Um, I think let's start with the disadvantages. Disadvantages. Yeah. Tip, tip, well, typically it's funding, right? So, yeah. yeah, and then not only that, um, you can't have one prospect. Like you just can't have one power, one uh, what top, one, power, top kid. Five, no. one five star kid. It's not gonna work. You gotta have four or five of them going at one time. You gotta take um, a four or five. You gotta take a five five approach. It's gotta be at least right. four or five kids at one time to kind of make that happen, man. That um, impact, right? To make an impact, because you really kind of want to shake the world up whenever it does happen. So, I mean, I think, I mean, these kids are teaming up for, like, travel balls and all this other stuff. So, I think, I mean, it should just be a quick and easy, like, hey, me, Terry, Bijan, grab one more, and let's go rock out at Florida A&M or North Carolina Howard. Central or Howard. Hey, or, like, one of those. Location schools. is important, too, though, right? I very. think, yeah, because I think location is very, very important. I think, um. That's going to be a big piece. I think it's going to have to be close to a metropolitan. Well, well I think I think there's going to be two powerhouses then, right? And uh, North Carolina A&T, and you'll have Howard. I think those are yeah, the Hampton. Hampton, but I just feel like even though Hampton is closer to it's closer to Virginia Beach, right? Yeah, Isn't, you got Norfolk yeah. State. Yeah, Norfolk State too. I think there's believe it or not, I believe there's a four star kid that just signed in Norfolk State. Um, yeah. believe it or not. I think there was yeah, a four-star kid. Yeah, there was a four-star kid that just signed Norfolk State, which I thought was great, but there's not enough. There's not enough publicity on it. So I just I'll start here. My biggest, the biggest thing that I see, obviously with funding, but I think a lot of these kids are scared because it's not the cool thing to do, right? No one's no one's televising. You know, well, I'm going to say no one. I'm saying you're not getting no 8 o'clock games with Howard playing, right? So it's like if the money isn't behind it, these kids think they can't go to the NBA, right? Now, if there's something that's in, set in stone saying, hey, you know, you can go to Howard, and we're still going to give you the TV time that you need to be able to get the publicity you need to go to the NBA, then I feel like you'll see a lot more kids just say, you know what? I'm packing my bags, and I'm going to HBC. I mean, True. I mean, my biggest thing is, like you said, dude, the biggest issues is going to be the funding. It's going to be the money. It's going to be the uh, publicity. And I think that's what they've been holding 
hold him back for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, the, like that's the biggest disadvantage. But I think what the HBCU schools to actually attract these kids, I think they got to do something special. They got to create like their own basketball network. For instance, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. um, there's talented kids there. I mean, we all I mean, we all three know that. But I think um, I think they have to come in and create their own network or their own basketball streaming app or something, some type of platform to where like they can just showcase their athletes. And then if a ESPN wants to come in and purchase a Zion Williams game on Wednesday night, fine, then, then, you know, then it's going to be broadcasted. But I mean, we keep saying it's funding, it's funding, it's funding. I mean, you're looking at, let's say, Alabama, right? They probably brought in $175 million last year. You talk about, let's say, uh, what's the best? Probably, I think Prairie View might be the highest grossing. Prairie, um, Prairie View is the highest. Yeah, you're correct. It's like $18 million. Like it's that. like $18 million. So, I mean, I mean you that's, don't got to That's you know, a drastic difference. I mean, you don't got to be a math major, right? So that's the so that's yeah. the biggest. I mean, I mean that's the biggest difference right there. So, um, so I mean that's what's I, like. I mean that's the biggest biggest barrier. Um, so I'm so so I mean, but it also goes back to like if if we're just talking about like this is like I guess like disadvantages, right? Mm-hmm. Like alumni is not giving back how they should, like the way they do with these. Predominantly white. Well, well, well. Let me, let me <laughs> go ahead. Like, okay, well, that's. I said, I think that's that can be kind of. You gotta look at the class size too. Like most HBCUs. Yeah. What? Five K. You know what I mean? Top. Yeah. And then you got, and you gotta think about this. So you gotta think about like. Okay. Well, that's a normal year for like for uh, whatever school. Predominantly white. Let's say. Right. Typically, you have like, what fifty percent of doctors. Uh, black doctors, uh, yeah. uh, uh, like say like council members, uh, doctors, so, like lawyers, judges. Like we have a, a large percentage of them coming from black schools. That's but true. the thing is, no, it's like the amount of money, 80, 85%. 80, 90%. Yeah, it's like 80. Yeah, it's, it's real close to, it's real close to 85%. So engineers. Engineers. So you got to think about the the amount of money they working against they they making against their counterparts. You know what I mean? Going to like Yale, Harvard, they making two times as much as much money so they can donate a little bit more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, yeah. Also too you gotta think about not only just that, you have you have other things like uh like I said, I was talking about location. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by the location is you in bad cities. You know what I mean? Most HBCUs yeah. in bad, bad cities. cities. Yeah. Or they're in rural areas with nothing there. Yeah, true. You really have nothing to support that that team outside of the school itself, and which is yeah. based off of government funding. That's true. Yeah, that's true. This this it's also I I also say too, um, and you guys may agree or disagree with me. Uh, I'd say because I'm a little bit I'm a little bit touching them, but. Interracial dating is so much more common that you see that you see that you see a lot of these guys not wanting to go to HBCUs because they're like white women. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's the reality of the situation, right? A lot of these guys are like they go to these private schools where 
they date women out of the race and they're comfortable with it. They've been doing it for a couple of years. Now it's like go to HBCU. It's just like a shell shock for them. You get what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, totally. I mean, you're talking to me like I went. I was fortunate, right? Because I actually got to experience both. Yep. Um, I went to a predominantly white high school, and then I went straight into a HBCU, right? Right. Then I was there for uh, two years. So um, I can tell you, man, culturally, as an African American male, it was uh, it was it was. I guess the word is refreshing but so i mean for the simple fact that for the first time in your life you're actually in the in like the uh majority right so you may have a couple white kids you got one spanish kid you know what i mean so you're actually in the majority so you're sitting there like wow so this is what they felt like their whole life right (laughs) you know what i mean it's completely different and then you have the environment man it's so nurturing like the culture um I'm not gonna lie. I actually enjoyed it, uh, and I mean, it was actually, it was just cool for me to like experience that. Right, right. Um, me similar to you. I, I went to a you know, HBCU for two years and transferred to a majority white school. I think it was like the time I was there, the population was like one, one point five percent. You know, minorities. Uh, it might have been like two point five if you add, you know, the Asians or whatever. Yeah, but um. It was, you know, I, in high school, I came from uh, maybe like 50, 55 percent, you know, black and then maybe 50, uh, 45 percent uh, white. And then going to an all black school with a small with a small population, maybe like 500 kids and then transferring out of that. And it was a total culture shock. You know what I mean? Yeah. You had kids. Some of these white kids never seen a black person in their life. Yeah. And the first thing they say, oh, are you from Africa? You're like, what? You know what I mean? It's kind of weird, but. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely uh, a it factor, and what you said, B, B John, is is definitely the new trend. You know what I mean? In, inter uh, interracial dating, interracial, yeah. yeah, interracial dating. That's definitely a new fab. You know, it's going on. Um, but what's interesting too um, about that? Uh, they also two sell sex. Let's be real about that. When you go on college visits and stuff like that, you go with your homeboys or the, the guys that's previous there, and they what they got. Going to a little party, this and third, you got chicks flocking around. I ain't saying that people paying for it, but I'm just saying it's, it's very convenient. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. well, that's so, the whole Louisville situation, right? That happened at Louisville. Right. Happened. Uh, uh, it's a couple more schools, that, you know, that popped up at. And I mean, right. I mean, it's, I mean, that's not anything that's not common knowledge. I mean, it's just basic of what these these you know these schools set up. But um, I just thought. Uh, like, if we're looking at disadvantages of going to HBCU, I mean, only thing I can really think of is the, the funding. The funding. Funding um, exposure. And, and then the facilities, right? Yep, the facility, um, definitely, definitely, definitely. definitely. That's, that's I mean, no practice facilities. facilities no, you hey, know. but you... Somebody's short now. I can't hear somebody. Can you hear me? How about yeah, me? I can hear you now. Yep. I can hear you now. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I'm saying like no practice facilities, you know, their weight rooms aren't as modern. You know, you don't have a lot of the the cool extracurricular stuff like um, you know, you don't have some of the like even even when you get into the tutoring situations, right? 
True. Like, let's let's talk about that. Like, you know, I got a chance to see it from both both sides, both for West Virginia and then FIU. Like, it's two different two different realms, you know. So, I think that's big. Like, how many what resources is available for these athletes outside of, you know, the basketball court, you know? Right. And it's like the program doesn't really. Let's say, for example, when we were talking about budget, right? Let's say uh, Howard, I don't know Howard's budget, but let's say Howard had a $20 million budget. Let's say they made $20 million through the basketball program. They're taking that $20 million and they're heavily putting it into everything that has to do with on court, right? Instead of, let's say, investing it in uh, what we call the SAC at FIU, you know, uh, a facility where you got some of the smartest people, you're paying them good money. And they're tutoring, you know, just I'm just thinking of things that, you know, could often get overlooked with a smaller budget. And when you have a bigger budget, you can invest in those different avenues to be able to provide resources for them that can make them better off outside of the basketball court. Right. right. Not penny pension either. Yeah. Exactly. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, B. No, no. Um, no, I was just sitting there just thinking about like, you know, what it like. I mean, how could this work? Right. How could this work? I, mean, I think I, can, I you want me to. I think here's a good here's a good pitch. Because I mean, so part of, go ahead. Because I mean the I mean like the uh, dis I mean the dis I mean the disadvantages. It is basically the basic stuff like is funding facilities. Uh, you know, just the basic stuff. It's you know it's the, the basic black economical things black that we all have right now. Yeah. Right, right, it's, right. It starts with the guys in the NBA. Right. The guys if the guys right. in the NBA are like hey. Let's say LeBron goes, ESPN, listen, I want you guys to start televising more HBCU games. They put together whatever, whatever pack or whatever needs to be. I guarantee you ESPN is going to make it their duty. Because you, remember, you could protest. In today's day and age, you could protest everything, right? You How about this? Go ahead. How about a ESPN HBCU channel? That'd be smart. That'd be smart. Well, but yeah, that would, that would really be smart on their on their behalf. But you also too, like everything. Like like when we was talking about earlier, um, like also too, like these our athletes, our doctors, our our actors, all of these people got to start sponsoring these HBCUs. They have to. That's it's just this is like giving back to a black business, right? Yeah. That's, you start yeah. you start there. You start giving donating x amount of dollars there, like LeBron. You know, so you like, already got like, schools. Yeah. Now adopt two schools and then get everybody on your team adopt the school. They're not going to be the same amount of money, but a small percentage. So you yeah, remember how that we said, right there will help you home. You know what I mean? That'll push you along. Remember how we said 10%? Think about it like this. If you take the top hey, somebody, 5%. Oh. Can you hear me? Barely. Um, Am I still breaking up or am I good? No, I can hear you. Okay. So you if, you take, if you take, if you take, let's say, let's break up the NBA top 5%. So if we took Chris Paul took Howard. Uh, LeBron took Florida A&M. You have Kawhi Leonard who takes, uh, you know, if you have one, these super Russell Westbrook takes a school, you know, James Harden takes a school. I mean, and those guys are those guys are the lead guys leading ten percent, and they take a couple of those extra guys, and those guys are donating five percent. I mean, you have a couple million dollars. Going to those schools and those guys can control where that money goes. You get what I'm saying? So then it's not going. You know how it is, man. It's almost like giving money to your pastor when you're dealing with these HBCUs. 
You know what I mean? So, so you know. So we, hey, so we really gonna say that, right? We really gonna say that, right? We like, yo, we like ten minutes in, and we talking, yeah, and we just gonna throw it out there. Okay. Cool. Uh, all right. All right. Okay. You know. So hey, look, know, hey, sometimes you gotta help out that building fund. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> Y'all know about the building fund. It's been a building fund at my church since I was probably six. <laughs> you know. But yeah, man. Um, See, no, you, I mean, I mean, you're absolutely right. T, you're muted. I mean, but I mean, every, but I mean, everything that we're talking about, I mean, I think it's relative, and it kind of makes sense as far as what we're trying to do, and you know, the whole like push this new initiative, right? Yep. Um, right. I think the biggest um, thing, man, that kids are worried about is really is exposure, like not being on ESPN. How many televised games you get? Because, I, I mean, me personally, I've been I've been in the recruiting experience with, like, top 100, top 50, top 10 kids, and the first thing they say is, how many games do you have on TV? How many televised games do you have? How many regional games? How many national games? Because that's when, you know, it's just more exposure out to the scouts. And my whole thing is it kind of goes back to the old thing that I'm sure, you know, everybody has pretty much heard. And it goes like uh, if you can play, they'll find you. Right. But I mean, yes. if you, but I mean, if you got I mean, but at that level, if you're a top 100 kid, top 50 kid and you go to HBCU and you're a four or five star like with maybe like three, four other kids, man, the press that you're going to receive is going to be ridiculous. But at three McDonald's All-Americans at Howard, Florida, Florida, uh, Florida, A&M, North Carolina Central, it'd be sick. Yeah. It'd be sick. I mean, they'd be rock stars. Yeah, it it gotta be, it it had to be a Nova State, uh, uh, North Carolina Central, Florida, and it got to be one of those prayer. You got to be one of those big institutions because yeah. the smaller ones wouldn't Howard. The smaller ones wouldn't get it. You know what I mean? It just, I just don't think the infrastructure is there for it. You know what I mean? True, true. And See, the best you part, but you know what the thing about it is, and this is what I've been saying for years, right? North Carolina Central is really the home run play, and I'm waiting, for, and I'm waiting for this to happen, right? For the simple fact that it's the home run play because. You're on Tobacco Road, right? Right? You're in a major area. You're in RTP. You're 10 minutes from the airport. On top of that, uh, uh, 15 minutes one way you got to do. 10 minutes. No, 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 excuse me. Uh, 15 minutes uh, Fifteen minutes one way you got Chapel Hill. 10 minutes or five minutes away, you got Duke. All schedule games. All and then schedule 20, games. And then 20, 25 minutes down the road, you got NC State. All and schedule you, games. All schedule games. And then, and then honestly, if you really want to get picky, you're probably only an hour and a half away from uh, Wake Forest. You got, NC, you got UNC Charlotte. You got but East Carolina. But you're in the Bermuda Triangle. Like, you're, dude, that's three heavy hitters. And think about this. If Central has a better recruiting class than uh, Duke, Carolina, or State one year. I mean, that's going to be national news, national basketball news. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just, how do you get those guys to want to go to Central? 
The thing yeah. about it is... You gotta be... Hold on a second. Let me go with this one, B. Well, they gotta... It's just like we talk about with the AAU program. You gotta be willing to be a trendsetter. You know what I mean? A builder. Everybody want that finished product. Sometimes you gotta start, you know what I mean, from the bottom. That's what the problem is. These kids don't want to be trendsetters. I mean, because you got to think, they have so much pressure, man. It's like these 16, 17-year-old kids, they got the, the, the two trainers that want to get paid. They got the mama that want to get paid. They got the neighbor that want to get paid. You know, they got uh, they got the, this guy who's an agent who's promising him a Nike deal. They got that guy. And, you know, when, you, when you're thinking like that, the only thing you could think when you're 17 years old is, Okay, where can I get paid? Who can pay me? To, who can get, where can I get paid the fastest? You know, so it's like I'm actually, you know, I like the thing when I seen with Josh Christopher last year, uh, not to name drop anybody, where he went to go take this visit at Har- uh, Howard. That's huge, you know. And then you see Mikey Williams, the young boy, talking about how he would go to. Now I don't believe he'll actually go to a school. I think he's gonna. He'll drown. Yeah, yeah. He, he'll I, drown. He'll drown in D two. I mean that. Uh, Low major division one, uh, division one, but yeah. black HBC, he'll drown. Yeah, this is my opinion on it. Yeah, because uh, he need to be in a supporting cast. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's great talent, great talent, uh, real athletic. But I mean, I just don't see him going to uh, North Carolina Central, averaging thirty as a freshman. But the you, thing you know what I mean? Is, no, I see exactly what you're saying. But the thing about it is, he has to recruit a cast, right? It's right. got to be. He's got to go get. Three of the other best high school prospects that he can play with. Yeah. And I, and I think what can happen is they can all balance each other out. You know, they can average, everybody go average 12, 15, 18, 20, and everybody still get out of there and still go to the league. I think that's what's got to happen, most importantly. Like, like, like I think it's got to be three, four, five players all on the I, I think it's I think it's got to be four. I don't think it's three gotta, is enough. I think four. I think four, and you get a, a a a glue guy type of dude for the fifth fifth one. You know what it, I mean? It can be three, and but you have to have a big. You have a big yeah, and two. Big. You gotta have big a big goal. To score the ball. Yeah, yeah. You gotta have then you gonna have you gonna have pre. You gonna have you probably can bring some bring in some uh, post grad guys. You know what I mean? You can bring in some good players. I can tell you this. If any of these kids, and we can probably move on after we talk about this a little bit longer, I'll move on to whatever. But I think whoever puts this together, right, whatever kid or group of kids puts this thing together and are willing to step out and try it, the money they're going to make, it's going to be insurpassable at the next level. And you may be like, why? Because the amount of black money that they're going to have behind them that is riding with them and waiting for is going to be crazy. And whenever they drop a shoe or they drop a line or they sign with whoever, people gonna gonna, buy it. they're going to flock to it. They're going to flock to it because he was the first. He was like he was like he was the first guy to run over the hill. And I think that's going to be like that's going to be major. It's going to be major. It's going to be major for sports in general, but it's going to be major just for black culture. I'm going to be honest with you. It's coming soon. Somebody's going to like I have a strong feeling that someone's going to figure it out. I think 
college college right now is so wide open, especially with coronavirus and everything, that you ain't about to play with fans anyway. So you might as well go to you might as well figure out a situation like that because the experience of of how you we've we've seen the game play is not going to be the same. You know, the money isn't streaming now. You know what I mean? I I said this once once coronavirus happened. The money's in streaming. You know, the money is not in fans anymore. You know, you're going to see everything go up. And I think, you know, may may not be this year's class or next year's class, but this Mikey kid. Yo, can't. these young boys are going to change it. I'm telling you. Yeah. These, like that 2022, 22, 23. Yeah. Those, those kids, kids are going to do it, man. I'm telling you. 22, I think 22, 2022, I feel like they're going to do it, these, man. Yo. Nah, go ahead. Yo. Go ahead. You know, who, you know who would be the, actually the key of doing this shit? Uh, Bronny. Yeah. Right? That kid is very marketable. Just Not only just because he got a little charisma, just because who his dad is. You know what I mean? Good looking kid. Speaks well. Yeah. Speaks well. Always smiling. But you I'm going to tell you this, though. Attitude. It's right. going to be one of those classes that, mark my word, 2002-2023, because I'm telling you right now, these kids... Don't care about money. They didn't like most of them didn't really grow up poor. That's the thing that people don't realize. It's different now. It's different. This generation is the first generation of black kids who really never experienced any struggle. No, no, a lot of them. No, a few of them. But I said a lot of them didn't experience a lot of struggle. Like it's it's true. That's interesting what you're saying though, because like even the ones that we come up with inside our program, we don't have too many. No. You don't have to sponsor kids, right? No, when we, I was, we, we coming might up, have everybody was sponsored, basically. Right. You know what I mean? You got to wash cars, got to do all this stuff. Nah, we ain't doing that stuff. I'm a, I, we can we can we can stamp this right now. Yeah, Bronny, Jack, Bronny James going to that HBCU. His there dad gonna go. make it happen. There we go. Y'all heard it here first. Out of bounds basketball. Y'all heard it first. Out of bounds basketball podcast. Bronny, Bronny's, Bronny's going. To the HBCU, historically black college and university. And I'm gonna tell you the one he's gonna go to. Which one? Y'all ready? He's going to Howard. Howard? I'm calling it. He's going to Howard. He's from the DC area. He's from the DMV area. He's going to Howard and he's gonna get he gonna I don't even know who's in that class, but he's gonna get who's not gonna want to play with him. I mean, let's be serious. Ronnie said I'm going to HBCU. He might have a Nike deal by that time, too. Yeah. Might. Might? No, 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 I'm just throwing it out gonna, there. He's going to be a 6'9 point guard. He's going to be a self-made millionaire by the time he turned 19. By the time, Think he, about by it. time he get there. By the time he get there, he will already have it. Yeah, because they, you already, don't, they, didn't they pass that, uh, what's his name? The, uh, yeah, where you're going to uh, just get paid for your likeness and, you know, the marketing right. and all that stuff, et cetera. So I'll tell you this. These kids, money's not that big to them, but they are into doing things different, and they are more radical. They are more uh, free thinkers, and these kids, man, they are totally into doing their own thing. Like they are totally about like the culture. These kids are like not us and not our parents, but our grandparents. These kids are more like our grandparents than they are than uh, like I mean than us. Um, 
And that's crazy because they're more radical. Like they they really are like, no, this is the way things should be. So let's go make it this way. X, Y, Z. So I think we can stamp that the HBCU, the kids, the prospects. Um, and I mean, we didn't even touch on the kids going to the uh, G League. So, I mean, that's a whole different ball game right there. When you talk about G League um, and kids going to the G League, I think that's another option. That may be the only other thing that kind of postpones it. Let me ask you this right here. Yep. Before y'all start that. Here, here'll be an interesting um, concept for the HBCU. Get away from the NCAA umbrella and create your own. I don't know what they could do or how they can do it. I mean, but you have an NAIA. I think, I think, yeah. if, I think if, if that happens, it would be more lucrative because then they don't have to go under that same strand of, of rules. You know what I mean? Right. The only thing is they're going to need, I mean, they're, even though they're not making a lot of money right now, I can probably guarantee that most of the, most of their funding is coming through that NCAA brand. So Back to what we were saying, if we get the players to put some money behind it, you know, you could get these guys, you know, there's no way they you're telling me they can't do put like a create like a forty million dollar umbrella for straight media. Like they could easily do that. You know what I mean? Well the grants is government grants. So the NCAA is not running the grants. You're not getting the grants no way. Okay. You know, you're getting grants from government. It's, yeah. You know, state and state. So that's that's easy. It's it's just they have to create a, uh, a coalition, I guess, or some type of council, and then all pitching and willing to pay for each program. They got to pay in a certain pot to start their own organization. Right. You know what I mean? Or any other any other business. That's all. That's all the NCAA is is a business. Right. Nonprofit. So, man, now you got me excited, man. I'm telling you. I mean, with these kids getting paid, Ronnie James going to HBCU. It just it just it just makes the most sense. It makes the money. It just makes he's put it like this. If there's any kid that like any of these young kids that could do it, it just makes the most sense. It's yeah. like, you know, you know, it's like when you think about it, it's like LeBron James, what he stands for, what he does for the community, how he how he makes himself just so different. And believe it or not, he has a strong say in all his all his kids future from what they do and you know, doing things that people may not agree with, right? If he puts in his ear like, nah, you, it's never been about money. You're already rich. You were rich before you were born. Like, it, it doesn't right. matter. It doesn't matter if you, if they don't want to want you to go to the league or not. You're going to the league. You, we both know that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you might as well just enjoy your year, go to HBCU, do something different, and spark yeah. change. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you could get, and if you could get the kid. And I'm pretty sure, you know, I don't know him, but I'm pretty sure he probably feels strongly about how his dad feels about a lot of stuff. There's no way you're telling me that I, you can't get that kid at HBCU. And he's going to be like a sit, and he's going to be such a prolific player that you're going to want to watch him regardless. He's going to get TV time regardless. You know what I mean? He's like a 6'9", six, 6'10 six, point guard that can do everything, you know? Yeah, man. I'm telling you, like, that's going to be uh... – I mean, I mean, that's going to be groundbreaking. I think that's going to happen sooner than uh, later for sure. I'm going to tell you right now. So we can kind of button that up. We already yep. said Bronny going to HBCU. Um, y'all heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> heard it here first, Bronny. So now let's kind of piggyback on this whole thing about what's going on in society right now, man. Okay. Um, 
you got the NBA, you got the WNBA, you got this whole uh, players uh, coalition going on. Players choosing to sit. Players choosing, you know, you know, Braun wants to play. A lot of players, as of today, uh, was it June 22nd, are starting to back out and say they're going to skip it. Uh, some guys are skipping for uh, maybe social activism, social injustices. Then you got other people so uh, that plan on skipping it just based on, you know, their free agent at the end at the end of the season. So, you know, what I mean, what do y'all think about that? Like, like my whole thing is, what is your thought process? And I know we already went back and forth. <laughs> in our group chat, which is like definitely be, uh, it's on a whole different level than this podcast. But I mean, what do y'all think about that? If you're a free agent, don't play. Period. If you're a free agent after the season, do not play. It's not worth it. I agree with I, that. I agree with that. It's not worth it. Um, also, if you don't have a real chance of winning a championship, don't play. <laughs> um, so that's three. That's any anyone but these three and a half teams. If you don't play for the Milwaukee Bucks, Boston Celtics, L.A. Lakers, or Clippers, they just don't play. You're wasting your time. Just, hey, let me just, ask you this, though. Would you even want this championship? No, I wouldn't. I, 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 I just had an argument with a guy uh, the other day. He's like, you know, LeBron's chasing four. I'm like, if I'm LeBron, I don't even want this. I am like, dude, even, even, dude, even if LeBron wins this one, right, and this is and this is his fourth ring, they're still going to be like. Actually, uh, fine. Yo, yeah, it's an asterisk. Like, this is the quarantine ring. Like, this is like, like, this is like, we were off for four months. Y'all drug us back to play 22 games. Then we played playoffs up until August 15th. And then we got to be back in training camp October 9th or something. It's crazy. Right. Nah. I, you know what's crazy, though? Uh, I think the NBA dropped the ball on this. And, and, and say, like, why are you trying to do a traditional type? championship type thing. You want to get 22 games and then you want to run a playoff. Why not just do a tournament and just call it something different? You know what I mean? You can capitalize on the situation, but but I don't know. You know what? That whole thing they've been uh, pushing around for the last few years about the whole uh, like EuroLeague like style of tournament play, right. this would have this been a perfect time for them to have this. And they just throw every every team in there, right? Like, we just come back. Y'all have three weeks to get ready. We're straight EuroLeague style. And it's single elimination. Single or two games? I say two games. Two game elimination. I would, you know what? I would say it's single elimination until you get up to the last, like, eight teams. And then you play a series. Oh, best out of three, then best out of five. And then the final, the best out of seven. <laughs> Nah, I don't think it should be like that. I, 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 I think it should be straight tournament. Look, you go just like do it like an AAU style tournament. You, you win, you get two games. You get two games. If you lose one, you go to the loser bracket and you got to play two extra games. That's that's what I would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Okay, that makes sense. That would bring it. Would bring it. Would, the interesting. It'd be it'd be so much interesting just to see a true. Basketball format, you know what I mean? Because, but that's what they need right now, though. That's what I mean. That's what they need more than anything. They need interest. They don't need uh, all this other stuff that's going on. They don't need man. like. They they need need just, man, honestly, they need to just cancel the season, man. I'm be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I 
It's about them being relevant during the NBA no. season. No, listen, it's about listen, them listen. those 22 games to get that profit sharing for them. Um, that's, what it, that's what it is. That's my whole point. Carolina State, why, what, what, what everybody's talking about? Nobody, normally around this time, you hear a lot of NFL talk, right? In basketball, but, you hear a lot but, of NFL talk. NBA playoffs right now. Nobody's talking about the NFL. Nobody talks about the NFL. Talk radio? On talk radio? On talk radio? That's talk radio. That's talk radio. I'm talking about on TV, on social media. Social media is like, dude, radio is not even really like relevant right now. But hey, but I'm just saying, like, talk radio. Matter of fact, ESPN, they talking about football. Oh yeah, ESPN talking about football. Yeah. I mean, they talk, that's yeah. Crazy. What's just crazy? I'm just talking about like right now because it's about preseasons coming up. They, they're talking about the draft picks and all that stuff. Yeah, come on. But um, but hey, look, but I'm gonna tell you this though. Let's talk about this though. Let's, I'm, I mean, when you were talking about the whole uh, profit sharing, should they come back? Should they play? We got this thing with this whole like social activism right now, this whole civil rights movement that's going on right now. Um, I mean, I think that is like it's unparalleled like anything right now. And I think whatever that comes back, um, I think whether or not, you know, whether they come back and play, because right now, based on Florida's. Uh, COVID numbers that just went through the roof. Um, like they're still saying they may not play. So my whole thing is, um, even if they do come back and play, it's still gonna be like crazy because this whole social activism, this COVID thing. I mean, it's really gonna take the back seat. Like that's my biggest thing right now is that, like, I mean, people are gonna watch it, but it's still gonna be like, okay, whatever. All right, they're playing. These guys are. You know, like, dude, I mean, the first two weeks are going to be like a wash. Right. But, 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 but my, my thing is, you know, like we talked before, um, I, I agree with, I agree with, I agree with you on that. It's, it's, it's going to be a lot of, you know, eh, I don't know if I really want to watch it, but my thing is, it's, it's about, to me is I'm, I'm looking at it like this. Either you're going to play or don't play. And then I will take that if you if your reasoning from protesting, don't play this year and don't play next year because it don't make sense. You just not because you don't want to take 22 games and plus a playoff. That protest is bullshit. And it's really an excuse to me. I feel like if you're going to protest, protest this year and next year and be willing to sacrifice your career based on what you you saying, you supporting the social the social uh well, let's back up right there. What you just said? Why? Why would we? Uh, why would we ask black men to sacrifice their career? Why don't they sacrifice twenty-two games after sitting out for four months to well, sacrifice twenty-two well, games? Because my, because like, my, because my whole thing is look, just just hit them, just hit them with the revenue for this year, because they're gonna lose billions of dollars. Just they will lose billions next year too if they if they do the same thing. But I'm, what I'm no, saying is, I'm saying go back. I'm saying you go back and play in October. You let this thing simmer. You let like like dude, let I mean let the culture and our society ride this thing out, right? Cuz look, if we ride this thing out, we got what? August, September, October, and then by the time the uh what do they call it? 
election hits, we're right there. Boom. Season start. Election hits. Players are back. Everybody's back doing pretty much what they're doing. But, I mean, but we let, like, this moment happen. That's my thing is, is I think, and I feel passionate, I mean, about letting this moment happen right now. Okay, but, okay, let, let me just say this then. But the thing is, you have the COVID going on, right? So you got the COVID going on, so the season might not happen anyways based on the COVID. So your protest is irrelevant. So you're saying this is due to change. But, but, but look, COVID, happened, we were still out protesting in every in every American city, not even I know cities. No, but what I'm saying is we're talking about basketball, though, right? So no, I'm, you no, 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 you're talking basketball. I'm talking, no, 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 you're talking about, I'm talking talking about listen, social injustice. Let this thing I'm, ride no, out. Listen, Civil rights. But listen to what I'm saying. You said you said just about these 22 games, right? But yeah. what I'm saying is, what if they decide to say, okay, we're not going to run the NBA. We're not going to do the uh, season anyway based on the COVID. Okay. So, your, so your reasoning behind those games is irrelevant now in the playoffs. Uh, well, that's cool. That's cool. That's why I take that win. I'll take that W. I'll take the W. I'll take the W. What I'm, just saying, what I'm saying is just do both. Those NBA players have enough money where they can go a whole year with no, without playing. Or they can go play overseas. That's all I'm saying. So you would hit them harder if you do both. That's all I'm saying. I have no like. I I really let me tell really you. For, really for both, really. I'm really for they, both. If they sit out 22 games, it's no way Adam Silver's not gonna have it set up and spend enough money to where those guys get every demand that they want by the time October comes. No way. You're gonna no, lose but, but, but you just said. Uh, my, my bad, B. John. But like I just said, what if they decide to close it down because of the COVID? Your protest, the reason for the players are not playing because of the protest is not there now. You don't have that same argument. But that's still cool. That's that's still cool because we still because I mean, and I think the whole thing is about like they want side, like they want nothing else, no attention on sports. That's what they're saying. That's the whole thing right now. Well, what is your negotiation to you? What can you get from the NBA? Uh, well, have them? You have no you have no bargaining power now. Well, they still have bargaining power just because the NBA yeah. knows that at some point they're going to start back playing. So they want these guys to be back on the floor. So my whole thing is they have to, like, and they have done this. Like, they have their a demand list, right? And pretty much, like, the whole thing about this NBA uh, coalition, right, is that they want the sponsors, they want the league. Which these sponsors are some of the biggest, or well, are are the biggest uh, companies in this country to come out and put out initiatives like for, like for the minority communities and invest into them heavily and spend money into them, and that's what they're pushing for. And I mean, and it's other things among pretty much those things, but that's what they really want, and they want. Okay, so you support us on the basketball court. Now you have to go and support our communities. And I'm totally with that, man. I'm totally with it. They, you know, they, they look, they all have a problem. My problem is, like I just said, this is both. I don't see why, I don't see why if you don't play the end of this year, I don't see why you should be playing next year because you got to think about it. It's, it's still going to be throughout next year. You see what I'm saying? Like we're still in the, the early stages of it. We we don't know how long this shit's gonna take. You know what I mean? We can be protesting for a whole fucking year. 
Well, I mean, if that's the case, then I mean they could just ride that whole thing out, man. I'm, 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 I'm be honest with you. I just feel that that I mean that people, and I think it's like I said, man. Like it's a different generation. It's a different generation. These kids are different. They're not us. They're not thinking uh, business. They're not thinking basketball. They're thinking injustice. These kids are different. So me, I can't tell these young kids what they should believe in because I think that they're doing something that generations before them really didn't really understand how to get it accomplished. Uh, couldn't move around the same, man. Yeah, couldn't and move around the same. No, you're absolutely right. And we don't have the social media like yeah. But now stuff is stuff is exposed, man. Everybody got cameras. You can't you can't have anything. So it's different. It's a different time. Definitely different time. But I'm totally with it, man. I'm like the whole thing that Kyrie's doing and standing up and putting people putting putting this thing in front of whatever's going on, whether he's gonna play or not, injury. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. I stand by it. I don't have a problem. I just I don't have a problem with it. I just I just think I just think you can do more. That's all I'm saying. Like yeah, I feel like or get more out of it. Try to figure yeah. out how to maximize the moment. Right, because if you want to make money, they can Tyreek can go overseas and make a hundred million dollars two years. Yes. yes. You see what I'm saying? So if it's really about the money, you know, the guys like him can make that money somewhere elsewhere. But I think his thing is if they're investing all this money buying ad time and this whatever they're doing, that they need to be putting money with all these black players, which is probably 90%, right? That they need to be, instead of making money off us, investing back in our you know, mm-hmm. community. I think that's the biggest thing that he's on right now. Nah, it's, uh, I'm going to Part of me doesn't want these guys to go back and play, but... If you go back and play, have a plan, man. Like I said, it can't just be like you're going back and play and just hooping. You know what I mean? Like hooping and wearing and wearing you know, t- says I can't breathe. Yeah, like that's not it. You know? <laughs> so you gotta <laughs> but, you gotta use that platform. Yeah, whatever. This is, you this, is what I, this is what I suggest. I suggest they do. They go to Adam Silver and say, "Look, you know, we'll play." But we want to have a 30-minute segment before and after games where we talk about certain topics. Yeah. Then we also want you guys to, to start, and every game you guys will be donating 15% of contributions from your pockets into, uh, you know, that wherever – exactly, whatever initiative we have for that game. And all yeah. of the players, we're donating 10%. This is just how I would play it. Now, if we do that – Cool, go play, go hoop. But if you're right. just going out there hooping, man, just, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Well, let's read what Bradley, because um, I kind of, you know, like this is what Avery Bradley said. Yeah. The actual act of sitting out, it doesn't a directly uh, fight systemic racism, uh, but it does highlight uh, the reality of that without black athletes, the NBA wouldn't be what it is today. And the league has a responsibility uh, to our communities in helping to empower us. And I totally agree. Because it goes back to that whole 
uh, black athletes are going to predominantly white schools. Dude, they've been robbing our community for years. Like, let's just yeah. look. Let's just look. Let's just be honest. They've been robbing our communities for years. Well, let me ask you this though. No, you mm-hmm. gotta no, 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 AT, you gotta put something back in at some point. No, no, yeah, I agree with you. I hundred percent agree with you on that though. But like, like, to what point? To what point? You know, like, to what extent that you know whatever they put in is gonna be like totally effective? You, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, what we That's what I said. What I said about fifteen. Right. Get the owners be like, yo, today's initiative. We're uh, providing representation to all the people who were put in jail for marijuana in the state of California. Right. All that money for all that money from right. that game day is going towards representing 10,000 people, you know, with lawyers to get them out of to get our people out of jail. You get what I'm saying? Right. Then, then we can say the next game, uh, next game check, we focus in on um, we're focusing on speaking to governor, whoever the hell it is, okay. about Putting together a program for uh, uh, scholarships so African Americans go to school, you know, to have lower student loan debt. We create a fund like ten million dollars or fifteen million dollars, state of uh, whatever. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. So look, I found the player demands. Have y'all heard them? No. Nope. No, I haven't seen them yet. Player demands. Number one is uh, the commitment uh, to uh, reevaluate uh, the hiring practices improved uh, hiring practice practices uh, for black candidates in management and head coaching positions. Number two, a community uh, donations and partnerships with black owned businesses and vendors in the Coliseums. Three, uh, uh, donations uh, to organizations that serve the black community that they want to see that become more widespread in their areas. That's what it said. That's the three. It really wasn't you know, made well, but that's what they said. That's, you know, that's, that's pathetic. That's kind of light. That's real light. And I'm going to tell you what that is, though, B. That's, that comes from backlash, man. So they just threw some shit out there. They was like, look, we got to come up with something. We got to ask for something. Well, that's that backlash shit. They wasn't prepared for that, man. That's that's a lack of preparation. Like, you know, it's so much shit you can come up with. Not one thing they said about education. No. Not one. They heard nothing about youth education in that. You know what I mean? So, and you, and then not only that, you said donate it to certain. You know, like you donate money. A lot of times, those you donate money. A lot of people don't see those donations. That's you know what my I mean? biggest so, thing is. I like a physical donation. I want to see right. you. I want to see you take a million dollars and disperse it amongst people or go buy X, Y, Z. Or how about this? Take that million dollars. You take 10 grand and write a check for this kid, that kid, that kid, that kid, that kid, you know, to University of Southern California. You know, they have politics. They have they have computers. They have tutors. Like it's so much. It's so much stuff you can do and they can ask for. That's this is what I was talking about right here, B. Like the lack of uh, agenda. Agenda. Like they wasn't like these guys. I'm just be honest with you. I felt with the way I felt. I felt like these guys were just really 
It was about the negotiation. They couldn't get what they wanted out of the negotiation. So what they did was, oh, I ain't playing based on X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? So you use that agenda based on your personal stuff when it's really not about the people or our community. Because if it was, you'd be out there donating. You'd be already in these bad HBCUs. These I mean, those uh, guys are selfish, man. It's, they it's, fake, they it's, fake it's, care, it's man. I don't really care. I mean, I see what they're trying to do, but I just think it's weak. I think what they did was weak. Right. They, they needed fake they care, got, man. They didn't have. They didn't consult with the right people, basically, right? Okay, so let's skip that. So we already said they screwed up the, uh, like they screwed off the handoff. But this right, right. here is, is my question. But do they have a point? Does Kyrie, Avery Bradley, Trevor Ariza, do all those guys have a point? Kyrie doesn't have a point because he's made so much money in the league, in the association, that he has no right to say that he's going to give up anything. It's not realistic. Now, if you had a guy who's a bottom-tier dude say, yo, I'm willing to give up my playing career for this, it means more. If you, Kyrie doesn't have to play a game of basketball ever again, and he is still... In the top 1% in the NBA for earnings. Period. Kyrie will be marketable without playing basketball. Period. You know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't have to play basketball anymore. So to say that I'm going to get it, give up everything for, I'm going to give up everything for social activism, that's bullshit. You and, know what I'm saying? Unless, unless he, he, he donated his, his, whole, his earnings into that social situation. That's what I'm saying. That's and see, that's, that's what my argument was. That's all my argument is. Like, yo, you got to do more, and you have since to you, have. A since you Colin Kaepernick, be Colin Kaepernick. Okay, exactly. Yeah, so let me ask you this. Exactly. Okay, so let me ask you this. So, what do you think the impact of everything that's going on right now with the whole protest, uh, the black the Black Lives Matter movement? How do you think that's going to impact sports? Like sports, like I mean, like the major uh, North American sports. You see what's happening with NASCAR. NASCAR, that's. That's I didn't. I mean, I did. I didn't. I didn't want to touch. I. We don't touch it, but that's a big step. We don't. We don't got to touch it, but you know. I mean, we could touch it, but I mean, I didn't want to because it just bothers me so badly. Yeah. And due to what happened over the weekend and in uh, Talladega, like it's just crazy. They just how they flew it over. Nah, they left. Um, they, I'm gonna, left a, they left a noose in the in his a garage in Bubba Watson's a garage. Oh wow! And uh, it was kind of good to see some of the NASCAR drivers kind of like get behind him. But from what I heard, that man, it was so many like more Confederate flags. Just them saying, "This is my heritage," and and you know, like you're trying to uh, take people rights away. I think it's a, I think it's it's just a lack of trying to understand. Like, like no, I don't want to give anything up. So you're trying to say so. So then they try to uh, like justify it and say you're trying to take people rights away. It's not a right. It's not a right. Yeah. To yeah. begin with. They try to add that in with um, what do you call it, freedom of speech. That's like that's totally different. You supporting treason, traitors, like that's what that is, right? Man, yeah. I don't know, man. I, mean, I just you I know mean, 
whole Kyrie thing, man, it's just it just it just rubs me sour. You know, has he done a lot for the community? Yes, Kyrie, if you listen to this, great dude, you doing a lot for the community. But donate two hundred million dollars. Let me see you do that. Then 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 uh then you know then I'm behind you. Till I see you do that, eh, I ain't falling for it, man. I'm be honest. Sorry, not falling for uh, it. Uh, I'm like, I, I, my thing is, I just say, you know, like, like with the Black Lives Matter stuff, is is a lot of it's, it's come off as like cliche, right? It's like everybody's using it. You got the, you got the media, you got the both, you got the white side, you got the black side, the green side. Everybody's using it for their own agenda. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so my thing is, why are we? Why are we putting so much energy into a saying? You know what I mean? And we're not out there actually making stuff happen. Now, it's just, this is, it, we, basically, we're just talking anyways, right? The stuff they're doing is basically talking. Like you said, marching and protesting. It's, what are you protesting? Like, we are, are we not, are we still buying stuff, you know, from these, uh, uh, these same entities that's actually not supporting us? You still putting our money there, right? Right. Still shopping at McDonald's, Burger King, Walmart. We still doing that same stuff. So you know, like, it's no true change unless you start really being active in it. That's my thing. That's my whole argument. No, that's true. That's true. I mean, I really think there's so much going on right now, man. It is like, yeah, it's like I said. If this like we're living a chapter out of a history book. Like this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a chapter in a history book in a few years that where this moment's gonna have to be captured. I, I just hope that the story is told correctly. Correctly. But um, I just think this is just not this is just a wild time right now, and I think um, and I think some of the players feel this way because I think, and I'm gonna try to view things from their perspective like i think they just see it as i think that they because i think the more and this is just, and i'm just going to talk real quick like just i think that the more money people make the more successful they are like it's this thing to where you just remove your color right and i think the biggest issue that these guys have seen is that the more money they make these guys that make 150 million 200 million dollars and I think they're at the point to where they're like, like, I mean, they're not black or, or white at some times in their life. Right. And I think um, that these guys got a, they, I mean, they got their, like, they got their, like, their just reminder card. Right. It's another way to say it, but I'm not going to say it. But they got their just um, like their damn reminder card. Um, so I think they're having a time. And like, as far as justifying, like, I want to go play now. I think that's a big thing. I think that's where they're coming from. Is is that those guys are more like, yo, like, like, yeah, I'm still like, this is where my people are still at. Like, we're still dealing with this stuff because they are so far removed from this because they don't have to deal with it because the same person that has the flag on their truck on Saturday. Is the same guy that's probably uh, checking their car um, a damn before the game, but you don't see it on Friday night, <laughs> Saturday. And these guys are 
kind of having to realize that that they're kind of like mortal, right? And and I think that's what's bothering them. And I think they're getting pretty much triggered. And, and, and so 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 like let me ask see what you see if this is what you're saying. Like so basically you're saying they're removed from just the reality of the black community, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So like okay, but but some of these guys are are also getting rejected in these new communities they in too though, right? Like right. like they don't really fit in, like, you know, you maybe live in a ten million dollar, you know, neighborhood. But you know the funny you're thing not, about it is? You're not fitting they, in that. They don't fit in, but the people But they're not seeing it. Right. They're not seeing it because the people want to make them fit in just That's because of who they are. Who they are, right. Yeah. But it's still but it's still getting backlash. It's just but it's but it's it's more undertone behind it. It's undertone and it's said behind their back instead right, of right. In the face. Up front. You know up mean? front and it, yeah, right. Yeah. So I mean I think that's the biggest struggle that they got going on right now, man. But I mean they caught between two both, both two worlds, man. Yeah. And I think this was a moment of where like they saw it, they had to live it, and then they saw the younger kids and this new generation go out and they protested. They rioted, they did all those things, and I think that's just something it's just it's just a moment in time. Yeah, it's, it's this this time like you I, you never seen so many uh our counterparts really out there just like oh you know what I mean like yo that ain't that ain't us you right I mean? right you see a lot of our counterparts out there I mean I mean like you said that that age group from that tw- like B John was what twenty eight and under like they not playing that shit man they they just not playing it they they are. When I say they are the kids that actually look past it, they actually I actually believe that these people look past that that color barrier. You know what I mean? They don't really they probably see it, but they don't identify and they can't understand why generations before that was the way they were. Because because right. in reality they teach they teach they teach in schools that slavery was a choice. Yeah, but so Real quick, and I, and I'll and let you have it back. But they, but dude, the biggest thing about like these kids, and I want to touch on this real quick. It's the first generation that grew up with neighbors of all races, right? Yes. <laughs> like That's crazy, I mean, though, right? I mean, let's be real. This is the first generation where little Michael, he might have grew up next door to a little Bijan. You know what I mean? Or a or Tommy, he might have grew up next door to. A Kareem, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's like, it's the first generation, and it's just not what they're used to, right? And all this stuff is being forced back, and they're just frustrated by it. And I mean, you can't blame them. I just blame, I just, I mean, I mean, you got to blame the country. I mean, I mean, you got to blame, you got to blame the country because this is, I mean, this is the biggest sin. This is this is this country's biggest sin of never writing that wrong. Um, right. And I mean, you go to Germany, you don't, I mean, I mean, I mean, you don't see the a Nazi flag. Yeah, I mean, let's just keep it real. Let's just be honest. Like they try to treat it like it never even happened. Like they try to, like they try to bury it. But yeah, we have Americans here that are trying to promote it. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, that's where I'm at, man. I mean, that's where I'm at uh, with it. I mean, if you guys, 
I mean, that's a tough conversation to have. It's a tough conversation. And I mean, and we and we went down that road, and it's just kind of you know. So let me ask you this: like, like, uh, how do you have that conversation with your kid, though? Because really, technically, I don't know. Like, I don't know if our generation have to have certain conversations. You know what I mean? Because these kids already know stuff and they already exposed to it. Like, you know, when we was growing up. We had to have that little birds and the bee conversation, right? We wasn't exposed. We wasn't exposed to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, are you, are you talking about like the race talk? Yeah, the race. The talk. police stop and the police all that stop. stuff. We have to prep our kids, and don't get me wrong, but I'm yeah. just saying, like, just everything as a whole, because like, post certain incidents, you you're not even really mentioning certain things, how to deal with certain things. You know what I mean? Yeah. You like look. You know, the cop asks you to do something, just follow direction. That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Until it get bad, then you like, yo. Now it's like, like our, our antennas are up higher now because we, we've been seeing multiple key people get multiple, you know, people getting killed based I'm on you, just regular traffic stop. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, I'm, and I'm yeah. gonna tell you what I told my kid. Yo, my kid is 12, and you know, and we talk about stuff all the time, but my whole conversation was more along the line of like, uh, you know. You respect the police. Um, you know, you don't do wrong. You were raised the right way. But even though you do the right thing and you may be respectful sometimes and, and you follow his orders and his commands, you know, if you're driving, your hands have to be here. Your license got to be over your over your visor. Your hands are always in plain sight. Um it sometimes things just don't matter. So if you're in a police stop, you're, like your job is to, it's to find a way to, it's just to find a way to make it home that night. Yeah. Like, like you make things as smooth and as easy for the officer as possible. And that was the yeah. way I put it. Just, I mean, that's just how it is. Like, right. just stay out of, you know, stay out of, just stay out of that officer's way. Yeah. And, and, and just, and just mind your tone and approach. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you can't be like, you know, well, what I do? I ain't do anything. You know, just being combative. You know, you, it's one thing you have to do as a kid. You just, well, our kids. You can't be combative. You know what I mean? And you have to be informed. Because if, if you're not, it's, it's just a tough situation. You know what I mean? And yeah. even if you are, like you said, sometimes you can't avoid certain situations because you can't. It's not about you right there. It's, it's about what this guy want at that particular time and point, which is sad. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a proper way. I don't know if you really can prep your kid for it until, you know, until they actually see it for themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things that, you know, I mean, like, it's tough, man, because then you go you go back and look at some of these athletes. Um, like you said, B, they so far removed from what reality is. I mean, they they a lot of them don't drive their own vehicles. Um, they got waitresses, they got meals, they got you know, uh, I mean, everything they got is like given to them. That that's that's besides the perks that they get. You know what I mean? Free shoes, all that stuff, and. Sometimes you just, you know, just going to events and just talking to people. So it's like, 
they so busy doing a, a schedule, they're not really out here doing the real life every day, like going to the grocery store. You know what I mean? You know, just going just, just to the part where their families and stuff like that. Because guess what? People gonna crowd them. So it's like, I mean, they are, they are far from far from removed from what society really is. So I get like you said. I guess when they get a little taste of of a sense of uh, injustice, they immediately uh, latch onto it because it brings them back before they were professionals and before that career started. You know what I mean? That's what it is, man. It's like you get that reminder, man, and it hits you with that trigger. And I mean, I mean, it happens to guys all the all the time, all the time where they all of a sudden they get stopped and it's like, you know what I mean? I mean, it's just it's just wild. It's wild. It's completely wild, man. But I mean, I just I, I mean, these players are just different. They're I mean, they're just I mean, they're just different. So um, my whole I so my whole thing is, is I just try to stay out of their way. Right. I just try to stay out of the way because I mean, I mean they're doing something, right? Like they're doing something, uh, and they, I, they I all speaking that, up on it. Yeah, they're all speaking up. They're all doing something. It's not like when our generation or the generation before us, like when they were coming through, um, like they were just kind of like head down. I'm getting paid to do this. Let me just get, you know what I'm, you know, just let get me get the the paychecks. I'm the first person to really make some money, so. These, I mean, these guys are like, I don't care. Dude, you're going to listen. And this is what I want out of it. I, like, dude, I know you're making money off of me. So, right. so I mean, that's the biggest thing. And I, like, that's my thing with these guys is, is I think, you know, just stay out of their way. Let them figure it out. Even if, it's for, even if they're fronting or even if they're, you know, they have their own private agenda. I don't think, that, it, I don't think it's hurting. That's true. That's true. I mean, that's true. I, I, but you also, they, I think they also, can you hear me? Yeah. I also think they need to be mindful of how they say things. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think that that alone would kind of be more, you know, I guess appreciated. You know what I mean? Then you won't have a lot of backlash. Well, you know, or just make sure somebody look looking behind what you're saying. You, you know what I mean? I think these messages have been done incorrectly multiple times like even the whole like defund the police stuff like no one wants to take the money away from the police no we want to take some of that 29 million or 9 million for these small towns and no put some back into the community put some back into the people like i mean you got towns towns that have vehicles that are built for wars for what what? What? Is, I mean, when are you gonna use them? I mean, never. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, you're never gonna use them. So I mean, it's not like we're saying take, you know, cancel the police or get rid of the police. Nobody wants that. I mean, we got some crazy people running around out here. So I mean, the biggest thing is like, nah, just take some of those resources. There's no reason why small towns in this area have a nine million dollar police budget. I just don't get it. I don't get it. If you ask me. I don't know why like, uh, I don't know why Raleigh has a twenty million dollar police. I don't get it. Yeah, this is built one by my neighborhood, so in my neighborhood, basically. And you could, no, they, go ahead. They could easily put a community uh, a community center there, but go ahead. That's what I'm saying. That should have been a community center. Instead of putting instead of over policing us, how about 
how about you invest into the uh, communities? Like, we don't need more police. Our communities need more opportunity, right? So, mm-hmm. I saw, I saw, I mean, don't come and put 50 new police officers in our community because all you're going to do is just, is just start trying to find stuff just because you got guys sitting around doing nothing. Right. So, I mean, that's a whole, I mean, that's a whole, a whole other can of worms, man. Um, but I mean, back to the basketball thing. I mean, playing, 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 not playing. It's cool with me. Whatever they want to do, whatever they, I mean, whatever they um, decide makes sense. It's cool. Yeah, it, it definitely does. Like, you don't. It's not one of those things where, like, I'm, I will be like, like, no, y'all wrong, you wrong for not, you know participating or whatever i'm just more of like if, if you are gonna if you are gonna protest based on the social in social justice or whatever then you should be about it you know what i mean right and just just you're gonna if you're gonna be about the social justice just 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 be about it don't don't latch on to it because it's just what everybody else is doing right you know what i mean right right I mean, you have we really be honest with you. Your easy out is really the COVID. Use right. the COVID. Just use the COVID. Use the COVID and say, during this time, you know, with the un- uncertainties with the COVID, we're going to use this time just to focus on this initiative. Relations now. Tough. Because you got to think about it. Because not only that, you got to think about the free agent, the free agency. Which nobody's talking about, right? Um, and then the season's gonna start real quick, so like everything is off, man. And it is gonna be an NBA season next next year. Do we really know that? I think it will. I think they'll play it with like twenty five percent capacity. Capacity. Or you know, what I mean, it'll be. 25, 30%. I think that's what we'll do. I mean, honestly, I think that's what it's going to be. Um, it ain't going to be anything much more than that, probably 30%, whatever. But uh, I mean, you know. Floating around in there. Don't know. I mean, I'm mad I got it. I'm worried about the high school athletes. You know, they may not get a high school season next year. College athletes may not get a college season next year. So, I mean, that's, man, that's a, it's definitely, this concludes Out of Bounds Basketball Podcast. Thank y'all for joining us. And as always, stay safe. Peace.